Well, it's always a slight challenge when you have to sum up Bible readings and talk about baptism all in one go. Because just imagine the horror if you couldn't make the readings and the baptism join up in some way. The temptation is to change the readings. Thankfully, this week, it worked. It's all good. But for the start of this sermon, before we come to those readings, you're going to need your piece of paper that I made sure you had at the beginning. You can't look at mine. It's got all the answers on it. Okay? Good. So if you have got your piece of paper, and children, especially for you, if you want to use this paper for the rest of the service, you can spot all the things that I'm going to talk about so you know that we've done it absolutely right. Okay? And actually, adults, you can check as well, just in case. Don't want to miss anything out. So I've got some things in my box, okay? And I'm going to pull it out, and we'll let the more youthful members of our congregation shout first, and if they let me down, then I'll have to pick on the adults, okay? (laughs) So I want you to shout out, children, if you can. When I lift something out of my special box, I want you to shout really loud what it is. Are you ready? The answer's not Jesus, okay? Well, actually, it might be, but you never know. Right, ready? It is a cross, exactly, and actually it is Jesus as well, on the cross. So the cross is a hugely important symbol to us. And you can see the enormous one right up there with the lights on it. And that is Jesus hanging on the cross, just like this is a little one. And the reason it's important is because it is all about what our faith stands for. We are in the Easter season. We are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so he no longer hangs on the cross. And in a little while, when we get Harriet up here, I will actually make the sign of the cross on her head. And the point of that is about saying, this is about Jesus. This is the faith that we are talking about. Right, are you ready for number two? Okay, let's see. There's an order to this. Oh, this one's harder. Right. What's this? Brilliant, Lizzie. Gold star. I'm so glad you came. Well, it's not holy water, not at the moment. It is just ordinary tap water in a jug because I didn't think that the basket would hold it. And you could not believe how much as I was stood there thinking I had to stand here and not kick the jug over because all of those who know me really well know how clumsy I am. Water. We need water for baptism, and in a little while, we'll be using a good deal more than this, Lizzie, okay? A good deal more water, and I will get you to help me pour it. What do we know about water, people? What do we need it for? Um, keeping healthy. We do! Actually, you've done your homework, haven't you? Well done. It's almost like I prepared them. <laughs> so for keeping healthy, we need to drink it, don't we? We wouldn't last long without water. We need to wash in it. Otherwise, well, we know the consequences, don't we? Um, and so it's really important, water. It is about health and life. And of course, it reminds us of the words of Jesus when he talks about himself as the living water. So we'll add that on there as well. Right, another go. Oh, actually, do you know what? I couldn't fit this one in my basket. It was far too big. It's over there, and it's made of stone. (laughs) It is. It's the font. You are a star. So it's a font. I did think about trying to see what I could do, but 
Frankly, I thought the church warden might complain I hadn't got a faculty to move it. Anyway, the font. The font is really important. We are going to baptise Harriet in this font. And it is, as you will notice, near the door. And it's near the door because it's about the way in to the church. It's the beginning of something. This isn't the end of a journey. This is the beginning, so it's near the door. And it's really lovely as well because it's been here quite a long time, since the church has been here. And so it's all about unity. Think of all the people who have been baptised in that font. Lots and lots and lots of people. And Harriet today is going to join their number. It's a symbol of us. We might not have been baptised here. Hands up if you were baptised here. There's a fair few of you. Excellent. Hands up if you were baptised somewhere else. Hands up if you can remember being baptised. Excellent. Yes, see, there's always some. I was too small. Don't remember it. But anyway, the point is we are all baptised into something bigger. It's not all about us. Right. Next. Are you ready? (laughs) It is a seashell. There we are. And this follows on from that idea about baptism being the beginning Okay, so seashells, particularly this sort, have become the universal symbol of the pilgrim. And they used to be picked up, particularly on the um, Santiago de Compostela pilgrimage route, as a badge of the pilgrim. And they're often the sign on the little roadside thingies that tell you that you're going the right way. Um, A bit like the English heritage ones, you know, or the ones that say castle. Well, this one says pilgrimage. And pilgrimage is all about a journey with God. And it's about the beginning of a journey. Baptism isn't the end. You've not achieved, you've not arrived with your baptism. You are beginning. It is a lifelong journey, whether you begin it as a tiny baby or 80 or 90 or even 100 years old. It's a beginning. And today we are beginning Harriet on her journey of faith. And Harriet and Lizzie, I'll tell you because you're really on this. You can take this shell home with you afterwards to remind Harriet that this is a journey for the rest of her life and keep it safe. I've even written her name in it, okay? Perfect. We'll put that one on there as well then. What else? That's number four. Number five. Ready? Oil. This is brilliant. Excellent. Oil. This is olive oil um, in a rather clever looking jar. And the reason we have olive oil is because olive oil used to be used in the ancient world, particularly, as it was quite a valuable thing, you know, they used to squeeze all those olives. Just imagine, none of this, like, machine-pressed stuff that gives you the second, third, and fourth, and fifth pressing. Imagine the effort it took to get the juice out of olives. But olive oil was used as a sign of anointing and a sign of blessing. So you would literally, you would pour it all over people to anoint them, particularly kings, But also in the ancient world, they often used it. Athletes used to rub it all into them before they went on their runs and their wrestles and all those clever Greek things that they did, um, you know, back in the day that makes marathons look very different now. And it's a sign of, of wholeness, of healing, blessing, abundance, all things that we want to associate with God and God's relationship with Harriet. And I will use some oil in a minute, not the stuff out of here, because it's a bit old, but some much nice, fresher stuff. And I will make that sign of a cross I talked about on Harriet's head. And 
it's the sign of that abundance, the sign of her value. And actually, if you think of it a little bit like sewing your name in your PE kit, which I know sounds silly, but it's actually saying, Harriet, you belong to God. You belong to Jesus and to God. And it's that mark that will remind us of that. And parents and godparents, I will get you to make that sign as well if she'll stay still long enough, okay? She might not, and that's fine. Right, okay, number six, you ready? See if you can beat Lizzie, okay? She's on fire, so, <laughs> all right, so you have to shout really quick. Right. Yes, excellent, it is a candle, well done you. And a candle, and this is the very last thing we're gonna use in the service today. And we will light this candle from our big, almost brand new Easter candle that we lit on Easter morning and blessed for use throughout this year. It is the light of the resurrected Christ. This is no longer Jesus on the cross. This is Jesus burst forth from the tomb and promising us new life and light. And Harriet will have her very own candle to take out with her to remind her that actually God and Jesus' love is not just in this building, it's everywhere. And it's our job as Christians to take that light with us out into the world and hopefully to share it with others as we go. So that will be another reminder. And the last one, okay? Who's noticed which one's missing? Pam has. What do you think, Pam? The Bible. Excellent. Good. You can't come to church and not have the Bible. I'm going to move that before I have a nasty accident. Told you I was clumsy. So we have got the Bible. Now we have heard two stories from the Bible today and we never come to worship and don't listen to Bible stories. And the reason it matters is because a lot of people think that when the Bible was finished and we've got them all bound in these nice hard covers, that the, there was a full stop put at the end of Revelation and that was it. Finished. Story of God's people. Done. But it wasn't. We're still writing it now every single day. And Harriet is writing her chapter today. It might never get published and translated into every national language worldwide. Mine certainly won't. But nonetheless, it is another chapter. You've all got a chapter that carries. Just imagine how full it would be, though. Oh, then I really wouldn't be able to lift it. So that's why we always hear the stories from the Bible. And I've got some connections now between the readings we heard today and baptism. So, are you ready? Both of them connect because they both talk about Jesus making himself known in strange ways. Popping up on the beach, not where you'd expect to find the resurrected Messiah, and brilliant blinding flash of light on that road to Damascus. Perhaps slightly more what you might expect. Jesus always shows up in unexpected places. And in this journey that Harriet begins today, she should expect throughout the rest of her life to find Jesus popping up in unexpected places. And parents and godparents, part of what you're agreeing to do today is help her to see that. Help her to see it and to recognise him when he appears. I've said repeatedly, baptism is the start of a journey, and you never, ever know where that journey is going to lead. Saul, who we saw on the road to Damascus, blinded by the light, he ended up writing a good substantial part of the New Testament, 
under the name of Paul. And he travelled all over the known world, founding churches right, left and centre, and ended up dying in Rome and is one of the most famous Christians to date. All those disciples that were named on the beachside with Jesus. Think about Peter. Peter was Jesus' friend. Peter started as a fisherman in Galilee. And look where he'd ended up. Travelling to Jerusalem, witnessing all this stuff. And actually, he ended up travelling far and wide and ended up as head of the church. And my last point is it is never, ever too late to begin your journey with Jesus. And if you haven't been baptised, do not ever feel that you have missed the boat. It is never too late. And if you actually want to talk about it, do speak to me or anyone else here who looks like they might have the right answer. It might not be me. (laughs) But speak to them and say, and we will talk about it because it's never too late. And lots of people think they're not good enough. It's never about being good enough. Because look at our characters. Saul, blinded by the light. He was persecuting the church right, left and centre. He stood and held the coats while they stoned Stephen in Jerusalem. And yet God wanted Saul. And Peter, we've seen Peter have to say three times that he loved Jesus. Well, three times the night before Jesus died, he'd said... I don't know who this man is. He had betrayed Jesus right at the point that it mattered. And yet, Jesus still wanted Peter. And so the question that I want you all to go home with is, if Jesus could choose Saul and if Jesus could choose Peter, then why couldn't he choose any one of you? Challenge extended. Amen.